Welcome to the Golf Podcast Live. I'm your host, Raphael, alongside Michael Bleakley, as always, in Vancouver. I'm in Oakville, Ontario, Canada. I can't believe this is episode 77. That's uh, a pair of hockey sticks right there. Uh, today's guest, today's guest, a Canadian professional golfer, former PGA Tour winner and 1981 Canadian amateur champ. I'd like to throw that out there. Canadian Golf Hall of Famer, Richard Zokol. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you, guys. Raf, Mike, good to be back with you. Uh, glad Absolutely. to see that your podcast is progressing nicely and uh, good to be back for the second time. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Uh, what have you been this up to? Is... You've been golfing a lot uh, out your way? Or... Not well. I typically do my one round a week. Um, yeah. Living in Kelowna, working at Predator Ridge Golf Course, selling real estate is my day my day job, but I sneak out to Sagebrush, which is only an hour drive from Kelowna, hour and 15 minutes. Do that on a Sunday afternoon and very much enjoy doing that. So, and then it takes my body, my hip, my back, hips and my back uh, to recover a few days. <laughs> Got a little arthritis so, in there as uh, yeah. time is marching on. So you're saying we may have a chance of taking you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty competitive. My boys think they... They, they, they're kind of like they see a, a, a weak uh, prey, but uh, then when it comes to the golf course, the switch goes on and the focus goes in and uh, competition is right at the at the center of attention. So, um, yeah, I love the competition still. Awesome. Well, it's been a crazy weekend, guys. Uh, we had the Open Championship, the 151st British Open. I still call it the British Open. I had a hard time just saying the Open, but I guess it's sort of the World Championship of Golf over at Royal Riverpool, uh, Liverpool Golf Club. It's a par 71. It's not a short course. It was uh, 7,300 yards. However, we had a, a little gentleman from Savannah, Georgia, uh, named Brian Harmon win the event. Pretty amazing. Uh, big purse again, $3 million, uh, 600 FedEx points. Your thoughts on Brian winning this event uh, Personally, it just goes to show that you could plot around the golf course. You don't need the length, even if it's a long golf course. Um, your thoughts uh, on all of this, Richard? Yeah, I, I was very excited. I, I know there's some people that didn't think the Open Championship was exciting enough and uh, because an unknown player uh, to their unknown um, Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they thought it was less of a championship. I thought it was quite remarkable just simply because what Brian Harmon did, uh, you know, he set the stage after after 36 holes. And and obviously there's a, everyone who's watching at that time. He's got a five shot lead after 36 and he has to sleep on the lead. And he sleeps on the lead again on Saturday and he hasn't won in this situation. And, and I love it because uh, it's all about you know, your mindset and your mental capacity and, and Brian Harmon, you know, broke through his barriers. He talked about after 36 holes, he talked about how he typically get gets ahead of himself and wants to know what may or may not happen in the future. And, and, and as we all know, that's a cancer in this game. So these are the Mm. internal demons, I, I guess, if you could call them or struggles that he had to get through. And I love exactly what he said at the end when he, when he won this. So he, he, he's faced these situations and failed at them before. And he's had leads of majors going into the final round. And at the end of the round, what I love so much, Mike Tirico, he said to him and he asked him in an interview, was it hard not to get ahead of yourself and think about it? 
uh, and just play golf. And he says, and this is Brian's quote. I feel like that was what won me the golf tournament. I really didn't truly think about winning the tournament until I hit my last bunker shot. And, and mm -hmm. those are the things I love to see. And, and because it feeds so much into, into mind track golf and learning how mm -hmm. to that next frontline level of, of performance is, is, um, is, is improving your mental perception and your perspective on the golf course. Yeah, I, I think um, you know, there's shades of Justin Leonard winning back in, in 97 with uh, Brian Harmon. He's not a long hitter. He's outside the top 100 in driving, uh, mm -hmm. but he was, you know, meticulously accurate. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, his short game and, and putting was fantastic. He, he hold with 59, 58 of 59 putts inside yep. 10 feet, if I yep. recall that correctly. Uh, just, just unbelievable golf, and to to win a major by sticks, uh, you're 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 arguably lapping the field. Yeah, yeah I his, agree, Mike. Yeah, go ahead. His precision in his game, you know, he he's such a strong driver of the ball, and 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 uh, and we all know how good of a putter he is. So um, it it was a it was a wonderful performance, and uh, I mm -hmm. loved every minute of it. And I think you know it wasn't the the bomb it, uh, game that we see typically in on the PGA Tour. It was it was a precision game of driving your ball in the fairway, avoiding those bunkers because they were extremely penal. Love it. Bunkers should be penal, and I think there should be rewards given to those who drive the ball in the fairway. So uh, it was mm -hmm. um, it was good for ball strikers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it wasn't so much a, a bomb and gouge like you mentioned, Richard. You no, know, people don't know this, but maybe they should know this. Brian Harmon is number one on tour on putting when it comes inside of six feet. He's also number 14th in accuracy when it comes to driving the ball. And so that bodes well for a good Ryder Cup team member who just doesn't have length, who could actually ha has the experience and is able to play with the players. So hopefully he does make that cup, that team. And, and Zach really sees the potential in him. I know uh, the two of them are pretty good friends. And at the age of 36 with only two wins, I think uh, it's about time for him to uh, to actually make a team since he made the Walker Cup team years ago because he has a great amateur mm. record. He was a great player, and um, I really hope he makes that Ryder Cup team. Again, uh, Mike, you mentioned some of the putts he made. You know, outside of uh, 25 feet, he made six putts. Now, he won by a margin of six shots, so just just for, for making those putts, my goodness, that's mm -hmm. just incredible. His distance uh, off the tee and that deadly accuracy uh, would really grind down an opponent in match play. So on, on a Ryder Cup, you know, you know, just competing against somebody a hole after hole, they're always in play. It doesn't have to be that long, but that that will grind down uh, whoever he's up against. Uh, so I, I yeah. expect to see him on the team. I expect him to make the team and uh, be, finish in the top six. I think that, you know, he's a tenacious uh, a, a competitor. And I think that, it, which is just like Zach Johnson, just like Mike mm -hmm. Beer. And that mm -hmm. tenacity, uh, which allowed him, I, I think that uh, Zach, in a worst case scenario, if he doesn't make the top six and he's looked at as a pick, he will he will pass that test, in my opinion, mm -hmm. because his grit, his, his um, you know, he, he may not be uh, physically uh, huge, but he is mentally huge with his with yeah. his ability to compete. And I look for him to I look for Harmon to be on that team and, and perform well.
Yeah, he, he was getting heckled from the crowd. He being, uh-huh. uh, you know, to paraphrase, mm-hmm. told he didn't have the stones after right. he made a bogey. Yes. And, and he, so he said in the presser that that fired him up. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he showed the mental fortitude, uh, which is required because, you know, uh, that could crumble anybody, uh, you know, with, you know, people heckling you, they're counting your waggles. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a bit of a circus going around uh, in, in, in the in behind the scenes with this guy, but he powered through, right, and to win one of the toughest championships in the world. So kudos to Brian. Yeah, it was it was a great process. It, it was a great uh, uh, a conquer, a breakthrough for uh, for Brian. And uh, yeah, I, I was actually watching his looks. I didn't care too much of his waggles, but but uh, you know, on his driver and his long irons that he was taking between seven and nine looks uh sometimes he got to 10 or 11 and then on putting it was uh five or six looks and mm. and and it's irrelevant whether it's that's his shot routine and as long as he controls your shot routine i mean i'm of the opinion that making it shorter uh making your shot routine uh, short as possible is, is uh, optimal but uh, mm-hmm. he had control of it and that's all that mattered. And it allowed him to execute shots that he wanted. It was, it was a ter- terrific performance. Mike, yeah. it reminds yeah. me of Sergio Garcia having that waggle before he hit the shot and how he used to get heckled when people used to say, hit the ball already. Yeah. <laughs> and well, uh, and really... Kevin Na used to heckle himself. You recall some right. of those events where he, he just yelled himself, hit the ball, Kevin. <laughs> well, the, you know, those are struggles. Those are like when when Sergio was having that problem at, at, in New York and the New York crowd was bugging him. Boy, you don't want to get yeah. the wrong side of them. But Ruthless. you could tell that those guys were kind of in a bit of a mental state of, of uh, 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 you know, and Kevin Naw, he kind of had the he had the driver yips and the internal mm-hmm. struggles and this fight and you do it out, out, out loud. Most people yep. would just keep it within themselves. But uh, Brian was not struggling with his routine. He nailed his routine mm-hmm. every time. It just happened to be long and, and caught mm-hmm. a lot of, and his waggles caught the attention of, uh, of the producers and they decided to put a, yeah. a waggle count on them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they gave but, him a little extra time to think of something to do. So uh, production came up with a solution. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and then it, it, it allowed for the, the possible criticism. I, I think it's hard to criticize them you know uh, his routine if it, if he succeeds so uh, yeah. uh you know perhaps we'll see him shorten it in down the road maybe not maybe but he, we also got to recognize he got a lot more airtime this week than in the past you know, being uh you know the 36 hole leader uh, of the open championship he got a lot more attention oh. so this may have gone unnoticed if it was at the uh the, yeah. the barbersol I mean, that 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 exposure, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure sleeping on that lead and and Mm -hmm. throughout the last 36 holes. It's very difficult to stop those thoughts. Uh, Most people go down that rabbit hole. And and I remember the first time I had a 54 hole lead, I think it was the 1986 Anheuser-Busch event. I shoot 64 in the third round and I had the lead and, and and and. Man, oh man, I came unglued. I, I, I was thinking uh, the night before, didn't get any sleep. And, and I was thinking like, well, you know, what do I have to shoot to win? You know, what, what if I shoot, you know, 80 and embarrass myself? You know, oh, yeah. what, how big is that, that check going to be, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, when, yeah. I, when I win that it's going to, you know, and all those unfortunate mental thoughts that you need to avoid and, and, mm-hmm. and, 
then when I, when I was able to conquer it, um, you know, you have to learn how to dismiss those thoughts. So you don't go down the rabbit hole and you're able to kind of uh, move past it and focus on your key performance markers and, uh, and, and literally yeah. learn to detach emotionally from the result or the score. Yeah. And, and get wow. some sleep too, because it'd be so easy to not have a good sleep with your mind racing like that on the lead. Well, and the only way you can get a good sleep is if you're in the present moment, then you'll sleep. But if you're constantly looking back and worrying about what may or may not happen tomorrow in the final round and, and, yeah. and look back to past traumatic experiences, you're going to be, you're going to find yourself in real trouble in your own yeah. mind and, and, and you won't sleep and you're going to be anxious and uh, the stress is probably going to uh, not allow you to be so comfortable to where you can perform your best. Yeah. Speaking of sleep, Richard, uh, we've got Omar Resti with us, who's in Wales right now, getting ready to play the Senior British Open. Um, you know, fantastic to see you, Omar. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Good to be on. Thanks for having me. Omar, awesome. Awesome. Omar I can't believe it's how long has it probably been about 20 some odd years since we last saw each other. But uh, watching you from a distance, man, you keep on grinding it like grinding away like the ever ready bunny. Uh, good for you. How's your game? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, it's been okay. You know, the game's okay. It's, it's going to be a little interesting over here at the uh, senior open uh, weather wise and course wise. It's uh, a little different than what I'm used to playing. That's for sure. Yeah. Texas. You still living in Texas, Austin area? Where still, are you living at? Yeah. Still in Austin, Texas at Onion Creek club. Yeah. Yeah. You've been there for a million years, haven't you? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> good for you. We're How long have you been over there, bit. Omar? Um, I arrived here Saturday morning um, yeah. at 6 a.m. and then into London Heathrow and then rented a car and drove over to uh, over here to Porth Call. And when I got here Saturday, it just rained all day and it was kind of cold. And yesterday and today, the weather was, was actually pretty good. So I got in a couple of practice rounds and going to try and get some practice in tomorrow before a little rain is forecasted in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, talking about a strong mental game, uh, Richard Zuckel's got a pretty tough game. You know, T14 at the PGA Championship in 1993. You know, that was pretty crazy uh, back then. I remember Paul Azinger and Greg Norman uh, finishing, I guess, uh, right behind Paul. And, um, you know, for yourself, Omar, like, you're the only player who's beaten Tiger Woods in a playoff. So, I mean, you've got to have a, a great <laughs> mental state of mind. I mean, his record was 11-0 until, you know, you played him. Uh, uh, actually, no, that, that was not me. I wish. I, I played with him the day he made that hole-in-one in Phoenix. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, boy, that would be something. I, although I'm, Oh, I my have, goodness. Uh, I, here, I got all these uh, players in my head all these years. I'm thinking of Billy Mayfair, one against uh, Tiger or, on that or record. Or Ed Fiore. Yeah, Ed Fiore. Ed Fiore, right. is who yeah. <laughs> Ed Fiore beat him that year at uh, the, the John Deere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember Eddie, um, Eddie Roy, as we call them, and he, uh, he knew that he, ha he had his hands full with Tiger. And that was, I think, Tiger's rookie year. I think it was in 96 or maybe even 97. I'm not sure which. 96 but, but was his first year to start playing at the end of the year. And 97, I think, was his first full year on tour. Yeah. And, and, and so Eddie knew, like Eddie was a popcorn. He, he popped it down the middle of the fairway. And Tiger was drive out driving about 100 yards. And, and he says, I couldn't watch him swing. So every time that... Uh, Tiger stepped up. He'd just do a 180 degree turn and look at the audience. I did the right. I did the exact same thing. Yeah. When I played with him that day in Phoenix, I turned my back, 
I looked at the ground, I would listen for him to hit, and then I'd start walking and find the ball in the air. Yeah. And it came down to the hole in one, and then he birdied 18 to cut me by a shot that day. Yeah. You wow. know, so and then he had a better Sunday than I did. So you know, the rest <laughs> is history. But I have I have played better than him a couple of times in tournaments. Uh, he missed the cut at the Canadian Open in Montreal. And, mm-hmm. uh, I ended up making the cut there. So I, I got, and at the Byron Nelson one year as well, I think I got him. So yeah, there were a couple of times where I played a little better than he did. Omar, wasn't that Canadian him? open his yeah. first missed cut? Yes, I believe it was. I have that right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Omar, yeah. And then Mike, you, you do have the birdie him. record though, right? Yes. I think you have um, the birdie record on tour. But consecutive Yeah, 1994 birdies. on the Nike tour at the Nike Shreveport open, I made, Nine consecutive birdies. Um, from what I understand, it's it's been tied, but it hadn't been broken from what I understand. Right on. That's it's just crazy. Order. If in competitive golf to get nine straight birdies is uh, is is ridiculous. It's it's so yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I haven't even come close since. I think the most I've made since maybe five, but uh um it yeah, that was some feeling. I was definitely in what you know in the zone and uh just vaguely remember the, the crowd getting a little bigger and bigger. And I was playing with Perry Moss, who was, a, you know, a local from, from around there and uh, had gone to LSU. So we had a decent crowd to start with, but by the time those nine birdies were done, it, se- it seemed to me like there were a thousand people there, which is pretty big for a, a corn Ferry tour event or Nike tour as it was back then. Mm. Richard, maybe you could tell us, I know you, you've got a hard out uh, very shortly. Tell us a little bit about MindTrack and where you guys are with the app and uh, how we could uh, learn a little bit about that. Yeah, the um, uh, we're talking to a couple of companies right now, golf companies, one that claims to be the number one golf instructor in the, in the world. And, and what we're doing and we're presenting it to them, and we believe that this MindTrack is a tool. It helps coaches teach their, their, their students and uh, they're on the course game. And, and, and right now we have uh, put it into a state of hibernation right now because our, the software that we have within the app, it, uh, it, we, it's taken us down the path where it's costing us about $7,500 a month for Amazon Web Service to, to hold and store our data. So we're, wow. what we're doing is we're looking for a golf uh, specific a strategic partnership and uh and we think that uh that we when we when we launch our commercial product then it will it will be the uh that the only tool in in the market that conditions the golfer to access the present moment and to detach emotionally from the results so it's a uh, it's still in a process of development Fantastic. Well, thanks for sharing with us and make sure you uh, let us know as soon as things start happening so we could tell our audience all about that. And uh, I'm, I'm wishing you all the best uh, in, in your golf game. I hear you're playing a little bit more, so that's uh, good to hear. Uh, it'd be really nice to see you in competitive golf, Richard. I tell you, you sh- you're probably getting fired up a little bit seeing all your fellow players <laughs> going out there and shooting low scores guys in their late 50s playing such great golf yeah well yeah playing playing professional golf no those days are done i have my last round that i played as a professional was 2003 and 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 the time and 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 omar would be able to testify that the commitment that it takes to fire your game up to compete at the at the the 
champions tour level is just something that I, I don't have time to do. I'm the other businesses that I'm in, uh, uh, but competing with my kids and a few friends, that's still something that I gain a lot of pleasure about, but uh, gone are the days of uh, trying to earn a living on the, on the champions tour or the PGA tour. Yeah, I, I know that feeling. I mean, it's, it, you got to have the will to do it and, and the time, like he said, the time it gets a little tougher, especially when you're doing other things like, like Richard is and, you know, some great things it sounds like, but uh, you know, you got to have the will and uh, you know, I still have a little bit of the will in me and, I'm still trying to chase it around. And fortunately I can, you know, I'm still surviving at it, but uh, it's, you know, not quite where I'd like it to be. Omar, what, uh, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. Um, uh, I'll be 55 and uh, just, whoa, I don't, a little over a week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got 10 years and I'm going to be 65 in next month. So the, the body, you know, is uh, the wear and tear yeah. is, is a big factor as well. And I think I've got a little uh, disposition for some, some arthritis in my uh, back. So it's a, it's, it's, it's like cold weather. I Forget it. If, if I, I'm not playing unless it's, it's uh, in the eighties. Uh, Cause that's mm -hmm. my, my back feels decent, but uh, cold weather in the UK, it's just, uh, it doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah. Richard, you, uh, you did, you did have game. Just tell me about, you know, before you, you let us go, tell us about the 2000 us open. I mean, uh, one of your better finishes, a T32, oh, yeah. that's when Tiger won. That was over yeah. at Pebble Beach, right? Yeah, uh, it was. What, yeah, when, when I was in the midst of uh, working hard on this, on what what Mind Track is right now. And, and I think, Omar, you can, you can attest to this as well. I was, this process, it teaches, what it does is it reconditions your thinking to detach emotionally from the result. And it, you put your attention on assessing and executing that shot. And what that does is simplify the game. So over the process of about three months, I started to refocus my attention and my performance measure on these two key performance markers, the assessment and the execution of each shot. Started to get really good with it. And then on the Sunday of uh, the US Open at Pebble, I had, had played a poor second, third round. Uh, and I just said, you know, look, this is Pebble Beach. Look what Tiger's doing and just let it go. So I go out there. And I, I shot 30 on the front nine, which is a U.S. Open record for That's amazing. U.S. Opens at Pebble wow. Beach. And my caddy says to me, down, going down the 10th hole, he says, do you know what you shot? And I was so deep into it. <laughs> and, 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 and I went, no, I don't. And Omar, the, the, the interesting thing was, it, when he says to me, he says, you shot 30. I said to him, I still don't care. And that was the aha moment because usually, and I think that's where your chuckle came from, was that once you find out where you're at, that's, that's the kiss yeah. of death. But mm -hmm. the beautiful thing about it is that what resonated to me is I still didn't care and was still able to detach from the shots, the results. And, and, and this new focus gave me a lot of freedom to play. It, it really simple. So go out there, Omar, my, my advice is get out there, look at it one shot at a time and just focus on your proper assessment, your proper execution, and let go of uh, that detachment to the result. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that. There was, uh, you know, in the Rocky Rocky movies, uh, I think it was like Rocky Five. he he uh, he says something, or Rocky Six. It might have been the Balboa movies, like, you know, one step, one round, one punch at a time. And, uh, you know, I've kind of transformed that a little bit into golf where it's, you know, 
one hole, one shot, one swing at a time, and just kind of, you know, just try to focus on that. And, and also, and, you know, also too, think the help. Also too is, is, is with your shots on the golf course. Don't think of them as swings because you can get technical with your swing. Think of yeah. executing a shot, every okay. shot, a driver is mm -hmm. an execution of a shot, a chips yeah. an execution of a shot. You know, a stroke for a four foot putt is an execution of the shot though. So give separation in that as well, because it starts to reframe how you think on the golf course and, and, uh, okay. and, and always remember, it doesn't matter what you do in the driving range. It only matters what you do on the golf course. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome, Richard. That's awesome. Uh, Omar, you know, it's pretty amazing and probably inspiring. We talked a little bit about Brian Harmon and his game. And him being a shorter guy of stature doesn't have the length, but he has the accuracy. He's a great putter. He has the, the mental game, obviously, being able to shoot, you know, four under to start his match and then follow up with a six under after being heckled and being told that he'll never last. It's amazing how that gives us sort of the, the energy and the um, motivation to move forward and to, to prove to others that you could actually do it. You know, I'm sure we've all had moments in our lives where we really wanted to not only prove to ourselves, but to others that we could actually do something at a very high level. So uh, I know I know you're going to have a good uh, good week, Omar. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I did something here. <laughs> That's OK. That's all right. And, you know, not every player has that fortitude to rise above it. And, you know, we know Tiger had it and players like Patrick Reed has it. He seems to rise above controversy swelling around him. Uh, Ricky Fowler did it with the P the uh, PGA. Um, uh, it, it, pardon me, I'm drawing a blank here. At uh, Sawgrass uh, a few years back when, when he won the Players' Championship. Uh, he got heckled quite a bit for being underrated at the time and, and broke through. So um, Brian Harmon pulled it off this week. It, it's great to see. Now, it, both of you have not been out across the pond to play at the Open, I don't think. Uh, Richard, you never made your way out over to the Open, the British Open. No, but I played, I played six Dunhill Cups for Canada at the old course. So my fantastic. extent of learning how to play the old course was, uh, was fantastic. Uh, it was uh, great. One year at the one moment, it was probably the greatest experience of my life or one of the greatest experiences on the golf courses. The golf course was closed from Sunday to Sunday. On the, and I got to the old course early one year. So the first Sunday but before the tournament started, I was the only player on the golf course and, and, and the only contestant had, had, who had arrived at the, at, at, uh, at uh, St. Andrews. And so I went out there with my caddy who was the head greens, or sorry, caddy master, uh, Rick McKenzie. And we went out there and the starter says, gentlemen, you have the old golf course, the old course to yourself the whole day. No one else, oh, wow. no other contestants played. I was the only one on the golf course, me and my cat. We spent about eight to 10 hours there. And I'm no going, oh, doubt. My, oh my God, I don't think this has ever happened in the history of the old course where only one person got to play the course. So I, I, it was an amazing experience and, and one that yeah. I often share with others. Wow. Well, you that, can stop and hit practice where you want. There's no pressure to stay in position. What, what an experience. It was unbelievable. I said, I'm going to go to my grave with this, uh, with this uh, experience that I don't think any other human has ever had in the, in the history of the old course. 
Wow. Omar, have you have you been out uh, to England, Wales, or the Scotland to play in the past? Um, just uh, in 2017, and then this past fall, I played in uh, the PGA Cup matches at, uh, I guess, Fox Hills in Surrey, just outside of London. Mm. Uh, it's the only two times I'd been over to play, and this is my first Open of either one. So, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to, they had a qualifier over in Akron, Ohio, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the week of the Firestone there for the uh, for the Champions Tour. And so on that Monday, we got to play the West Course. And I was fortunate enough to shoot five under and get through. And here I am for my first senior open and my first senior or my first open of either type over here. Amazing. Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, did you get a chance to watch any of the uh, Open Championship where, when Brian won the, any of the rounds? Uh, I watched uh, quite a bit on Friday when I was uh, in my five-hour uh, um, layover in, at JFK Airport uh, before I flew <laughs> over here. Uh, so I got to watch a little bit on Thursday, and then I watched like you know about four hours of it uh, at the airport, and didn't really get to see much on the weekend because uh, I was uh, couldn't quite uh, figure out. Uh, how to get my internet working and everything over here at, at the Airbnb I'm staying at. And okay. then, but, uh, and yesterday I was playing a practice round. So, uh, didn't quite get to see any on the weekend, unfortunately. Richard, where does this rank for you as far as opens and in, in the history of the game? Uh, you know, we don't have, the, you know, what everybody anticipated the Rory McIlroy or, you know, um, so, somebody like John Rahm coming through and winning, you know, a six shot victory. Where, where does this uh, fit into the history of the game? Well, it, it, to me, it's, it's a, it's a great, it was a great event. I think that there's, if you're a typical sports fan, you're looking for the top name players to be there. You may be disappointed, but for those of us who are deeply entrenched in the game to watch uh, Brian Harmon go through and pierce that veil, that psychological mm -hmm. veil and that barrier that he did because he hadn't done it at this point was, was fantastic. I think mm -hmm. that when you get someone like Brian, who is a strong player on the PGA tour, who has been, and then he talked about, you know, the, the, the psychological challenges that he had, and then he breaks through those things are just fantastic. And I think it, uh, I think he'll make the Ryder cup team. I think he's going to be a great player on the, on the Ryder cup because he's such a tenacious son of a gun. Um, and he'll serve himself well. I think, um, you know, you can't have uh, all the best players in, in contention coming down the last hole all the time. And I think, uh, you know, uh, this perspective of this British Open was fantastic. I loved every minute of it. It's the beauty of our sport because anybody can win uh, in a field to any given time. And, and Brian was uh, well-deserved and breaking through this time. And he runs into the playoff season, you know, with his confidence at the highest level I'm sure it's ever been. Uh, he, he could change uh, the course of his career over the next four, five, six weeks uh, and, and get into the Ryder Cup and, and you know, really uh, start to build a legacy, if you will, if you can build off of this and continue winning. And if he takes down one of the playoff events, you know, that, uh, let alone you know, get into the tour championship, uh, he could absolutely just line his pockets. And... Sure can. You bet. And he's already enjoying the benefits of uh, <laughs> money on the PGA Tour now. Oh, yeah. Wow. His caddy's yeah. loving this win. Yeah. 
Yeah, something else with the the prices going up. Uh, you know, I guess that was one thing that live live was good for was to get the, the purses up. Um, well, we'll, know, see, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if it if it stays. I mean, I think That's my right. biggest we'll worry is is uh, the uh, Federal Trade Commission approving whenever they finish the, mm. the final agreement, what that's going to be yeah. next year, the federal trade commission yeah. on their anti uh, monopoly perspective, that's going to be a, that's going to be a big issue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is. And uh, hopefully, you know, only good will come of it, hopefully, but uh, you never know what's going to happen with things nowadays. And, you know, the, but yeah, I think uh, golf overall is in a great place and, there's uh you know a lot more people playing a lot more people watching and a yeah a lot of a lot of good golf being being watched and played uh, you know, there Charles, is and I, go, go ahead, ahead Rob. Well, I, was I was just going to say mentioned. golf will win you know at the end of the day you know the the, the business playing field is uh, going through uh, some tumultuous times but the like Omar just said we there's so many people who have uh, uh, grown a passion for golf in the last couple of years, uh, adding to the the uh, uh, the fans already. So I think golf will prevail in the end. The PGA is not going anywhere. Um, maybe some different characters running it, but uh, we'll see how this you know transpires. All we can do is watch. <laughs> so true. Yeah, looking over at the Charles Schwab Cup money list, I mean Steve Stricker is having a pretty good year. He's made uh, three and a half million dollars. Uh, the money's getting bigger on the Champions Tour as well. I think there's going to be a huge turnover when Tiger finally possibly starts playing on the tour as well. Uh, the, I think, uh, you know, viewership is going to go up and it's going to be great. You have someone like Bernard Longer, 65. Is he 66 yet? He's like 65 years old. You know, he's second on the Charles Schwab Cup. He's playing incredible this season. Uh, you know, he's made $1.5 million. And... Um, Omar, tell us about your goals about the this Champions Tour season, uh, what you expect uh, to do and how you would like to finish off the, the, the season this year. Well, you know, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not really I don't have a whole lot of status out there. So I'm having to do some Monday qualifiers uh, mm. to get in events. Um, I've tried the three or maybe, I guess four of them, four or five of them this year with no success yet. But uh I've made one a year over the past four years. So we're hoping, you know, there's still a few more at the end of the season here to, to try to qualify for. So, you know, the goal is just, you know, to, to get in a couple of qualifiers and to have good finishes to where I can make, you know, move up the, the points list and maybe have a little bit more status next year. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I'm really thrilled to have you on Richard. Thanks for coming on again. Uh, is there, where can we find uh, you on social media and uh, on online? Well, you can, you can, uh, Twitter is at Richard Zokel. Uh, and um, the MindTrack website is my, M-I-N-D-T-R-A-K, MindTrack Golf. There's no C. And you, uh, you can look at some videos on our website and find out exactly what MindTrack is. So uh, it's just to send the app down to Omar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you can download so, it and uh, absorb it. It was and it's always great. use a little bit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Good being with you guys. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. And Omar, have a have a great week and go out there and do it. Brian Harmon did. Yes, thanks, Richard. It's great to see you. Uh, you know, we had a little bit more hair and it was a little more color last time we saw each other. <laughs> exactly. Let's not do that again. <laughs> okay, buddy. Yeah. You guys take care. Thanks, Thank Richard. You.
Okay. Thanks, Take care. Take care. Omar, you got a couple of minutes to stick around with us? I, I do. Excellent. Excellent. So you know, who's with uh, you this week? Uh, Caddy, any of the family or, you know, uh, tell us no, a little I bit have, about uh, behind the scenes. Yeah, no, uh, no family. My brother normally caddies for me, but uh, he doesn't fly. So he, he hates flying. And it, plus it was a little expensive to get both of us over here. Mm -hmm. um, but then uh, have been dating a, a lady and she's coming over tomorrow. So she's at the Excellent. airport right now getting ready to jump on a plane to head over this way. Very cool. And um, have, have you had a chance to play this golf course at all or just take a, a look at it? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I played I uh, yesterday and today. Okay. And, and uh, tell, uh, tell us a little bit about Royal Porth Call for those of you who don't know. That's <laughs> out in Wales. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a whew, it's a good course. It um, it requires accuracy off the tee. Like uh, you know, it, the, the fairways are actually a little more narrow than I was expecting. Um, and it's a little different from most links courses, from what I understand, because this one has a lot of up and down as far as mm -hmm. fairways going down and then back up and stuff like that to the greens or, you know, hitting, playing uphill, playing downhill, you know, and so I wasn't really expecting quite that much hilliness, but, uh, and my legs are kind of feeling it. I'm not used to walking anymore. So, you know, because I just haven't been playing enough big tournaments on either right. tour. And so the legs get, have gotten a little bit out of shape and my IT bands are feeling it and my hammies and glutes <laughs> But hopefully yeah. by tournament time, I'll be feeling better. Um, you know, I'll go into the therapist and get worked on and, you know, see if they can help those IT bands out. But the golf course itself, it's, you know, the wind is going to be play havoc. Um, it can blow pretty good here. And also the, if it's supposed to rain, so that that's really going to be tough. I think the last time they played here in 2017, I think the cut was somewhere around nine over par. Oh my so, God. Yeah, and that, uh, the greens are – yeah, if you don't hit the greens like most, uh, you know, at Lynx courses from what I've watched, it's, you know, you have tough up and downs. The bunkers are kind of deep uh, in spots. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this one has a little bit more, like I said, undulation around the greens, so it seems like there's some steeper, you know, chip shots and stuff or putting up the hills, you know, to get to the pins if you miss the green. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an yeah. interesting event. Uh, and hopefully the weather cooperates um, and, you know, the temperature seems to be is going to be in the low 60s, mid 60s, which isn't too bad. But if you yeah. get some rain and wind in there, that gets kind of miserable. <laughs> yeah, that'll feel much cooler very quickly. Um, you got to have your layers on and um, clothing underneath the right layers. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, it's it's Europe's only senior major. It's the uh, 36th edition of the Senior Open uh, presented by Rolex. It's uh, July 27th and 30th. I believe uh, there'll be some coverage over on the Golf Channel. This is the year after um, Glenn Eagles hosted uh, the event where Darren Clark won. And uh, there's some supposedly some stunning views across for Swanee Bay. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, they call it the, the Gower Peninsula. Uh, and uh, there's been a lot of events there, like the Amateur out in Wales and the Walker Cup's been out there a few times. It's an old golf course. It was founded in 1891. It was, uh, it's a nine-hole course. And uh, they added another nine in 1909. It's a lot of nines. And um, 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, so a little bit of history on the golf course. Uh, you know, what I find, Omar, out there, uh, the people are very smart and intelligent about the game of golf. They really know their game. It's their, you know, it's sort of their national sport. And so uh, the audience, the, uh, the crowds, when they're out there, whether they're small or big, they really appreciate, they even, they'll always clap, even if the shot isn't that great, they understand the severity and the difficulty on hitting these shots. Whereas I find an American crowd isn't as knowledgeable about the game and won't give you the, they don't give the respect uh, a yes. player should get. What do you think? Yes. Uh, so far, you know, I haven't really played in front of the crowd out here yet, but uh, from the U S side, it definitely seems that, you know, if you're a, one of the top players, you definitely get more applause than somebody who's not um, mm -hmm. playing the Canadian open a couple of weeks ago uh, or a month and a half ago, I guess I was fortunate enough. I got in I the missed field you. on thir Thursday yeah. morning. I did. I saw you. I, 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 I saw yeah. you and uh, saying to uh, Richard before you came on, it, it's like a, I, I was watching the replay but then and I saw you, I didn't realize you were in the field. And for a second, I tricked myself that I was watching a Champions Tour event. And I'm like, hang on a sec. <laughs> We've got to get you back on and talk about this. Yeah, so, I was there. Uh, so you go on. Yeah, I was, all the, I was there all four days, missed you. And um, for some oh, reason, wow. I just, I was... we, never, we never caught up because it's not far from where I am. Uh, yeah. And uh, so it's too bad that we didn't bump into each other. But you were that, saying that uh, about the, the crowds, the Canadian crowds. Yeah, I mean, I was I was struggling, but uh, you know, when I, you know, normally it's it's sometimes a, a lot of times in the states there uh, most of the crowds out there to have fun, not really watch much golf. Um, but up there at, at the Canadian Open, they were, I was struggling, you know, and but they were cheering me on and trying to get me going and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, and whenever I hit, you know, hit a decent shot, they gave a lot, just to, almost as much applause as they gave Rory and Justin. So it was, it was a great feeling. Yeah. We love our golf up here. And what did you think about the rink hole? Yeah, that one, uh, that struck a nerve. I, <laughs> we were putting the second day we were putting on 15 or I was putting on 15 and Rory and, and Justin had already putted out and they hadn't even, they were still standing greenside. So, but as soon as they put it out, they kind of, the crowd seemed to know it up there and they started banging on the boards and I still had right. a, you know, a little eight footer for birdie. I ended up three putting. Um, oh no. Yeah. The, and then the second putt, it, it kind of distracted me. The first putt, I just, I thought I hit a decent putt and it seemed to bounce a few inches left and I missed it and it hit a little harder than I wanted. And then I just, then they were banging up there and chanting and it kind of got on me a little bit, but and then when I get up to when I got up to the tee box, there was, you know, they were cheering me on and which was nice. And I set up to the ball. And right when I was setting up about to take it back, this one solo guy goes, I believe in you. Oh <laughs> and God. of course, I had, to, you know, I had to back off. And I was like, really, man, I was like, I'm having a tough enough day as it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he, he kind of put his head down in shame. You could see him. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I find the crowds have the gotten rowdier. And, yeah, the younger people, it seems like it's the, the more I go to the, I've gone to so many Canadian Opens, I've gone to a couple of PGA Tour events uh, in general, been to uh, President's Cup. It just seems the, the younger crowd is getting rowdier and rowdier. It's not the, the Phoenix Open 
uh, right? Where people are just going nuts and it's a big party right. all week. But certainly just in general, the comments from the crowds, I find it's more difficult for the for the players who who grew up with an, in a different atmosphere. Like I'm sure you're not used to the crowds because I was surprised at the Canadian Open how rowdy the crowd was. Yeah, that especially yeah, that whole it was uh um but also, you know, with the people that have gotten have become golf nuts and golf fans and golf, you know, and started playing golf, you know, during the time of COVID, right. There's a lot less knowledge about golf etiquette with these people, Um, which, you know, it isn't a bad thing, but at the same time, when you're, you get to play in your home course and it just gets frustrating because people don't know how to rake the bunkers. They don't know how to fix ball marks because they weren't having to rake bunkers and set type of thing when they started playing or started taking it more serious. So it, it, right. it, it dropped the golf yeah. etiquette back a notch or two, and hopefully we can get right. some of that back. But, uh, you know, the fans, I agree. You know, the fans yeah. have, have seemed to be getting a little rowdier, but it, you know, at times it's also a good thing. Yeah. It's a lot of uh, fresh blood in the game. Um, golf was stagnant until COVID. Like, you know, there's obviously the core, base of golf addicts like all of us who are out there but um covid made it popular for a lot of new people and uh even at our home club uh like we've removed breaks from the fairway bunkers permanently they're never coming back which is like the look on your face that's how all of us feel omar and you know it's been brought up and they've made their decision that they'll never come back and there's seeming to be less rakes in the greenside bunkers and then coupled with the laziness um that's gone around uh Post-COVID, uh, it, mm-hmm. it's it's atrocious, um, it is. Uh, and it's it's really it's frustrating to see, and 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 then coming from course management side that they're just going along with it. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's that's a know. shame. <laughs> yeah, that is a shame. There's nothing worse than being in a bunker and then you're in some idiot shoe print, just to make yeah. it worse. And it, I know some people like to argue that hey, well you're in a hazard. It, it you know it should be. Uh, uh, should be difficult, but you know when there's etiquette flaws, uh, it, you know making it even worse. So that's the difference between like having a chance to save your par or bogey and being forced into a double. So uh, right, and, yeah, it's, and it's frustrating. And having a chance at tying the hole or losing a skin. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's really questionable some of the decisions courses are making. You know, post COVID yeah. leaving leaving certain uh, certain you know preventions or safety protocols in place like not putting the sand you know uh, little buckets out so we can fix fill our divots and and, and yeah. you see maintenance issues more you know let the course repair we gotta we gotta help the course repair mm-hmm. you know when we take divots yeah. and if you don't give golfers the tools to do it then you know we, we all suffer yeah and you know my For- my home course summit onion creek club in austin and they're actually putting signs back on the golf carts to rake your bunkers and fix your divots and repair mm-hmm. your ball marks. So, you know, uh, in some areas they're, they're trying to get back to it, but it, I think it's going to be a little bit of a slow process to kind of get these newer golfers uh, into that habit. Yeah. It almost has to come from the governing bodies like USGA, Golf Canada, you know, RNA should be having some public initiatives just to teach people, Hey, if you're good enough to make a ball mark on the green, make sure you bend over and fix it. And then another one yeah. while you're there and exactly. uh, clean up and rake. But 
you know, it, it, it's, it's got to come from above. So I, I think if we can get Mike Wan on this, see if he can get a, you know, some publicity <laughs> happening. Yeah. Yeah. Have some, have we'll some get him on the pod and we'll grill him. Yeah. Have a, you know, a PGA tour tip, a Canadian PGA tour tip every week, a PGA tour tip or a PGA yeah. of America tour tip every week and just, you know, fix ball marks, you know, they just need a quick little blurb and, you know, it, it'll sink in eventually. Yeah, no, exactly. So Omar, we'll, tell uh, us if, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get on top of that, Mike, right now. <laughs> yeah, I sent an email right after this episode. <laughs> yeah. Look, you must be motivated to see the guys that are, you know, much older than you playing well. I mean, if you look at someone like Bernard Longer, like what's going through your head, Omar? I mean, the, the guy is 65 years old. Yeah, and but he is a he's he's a pretty uh, a, you know pretty good physical specimen too. He he stays in shape. Uh, that's one thing I've lacked on over the years. I've never been a big guy to a big one to work out, uh, exercise and stuff. And I'll get in these uh, runs where I will work out, and then I kind of start traveling again, and I get out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so that's one thing I need to to put on my goal list, and and you know, or to, one thing I need to put to reach my goals is. I need to start working out again and getting in shape because, like I said, my legs were feeling it yesterday and today. And hopefully by Thursday they'll be better. Because and it actually uh, playing over there at the Canadian Open the first day I was fine, and then the second day because I wasn't, you know, like I said, I'm not used to walking so much anymore because most of the little tournaments I play in we get to ride. Yep. And so the second day my you know, kind of IT band and hips were feeling it. And I had a hard time turning because they were kind of mm-hmm. tight and, and w- a little bit worn out from walking up and down the hills there. And, uh, you know, but uh, so, you know, hopefully after this week and I can get myself motivated enough to get back in the gym and get my, you know, cardio back up a little bit, which actually I feel my cardio is okay. It's the, just the stamina of the legs. I'm have, you know, I may have to do some leg presses and get the legs strong again yeah. so they can carry all this weight that I'm carrying. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, that, that I tell you the, the course there and at the Canadian open, man, what a fun little golf course. I, I really enjoyed it. It was, it wasn't super long, which was great for me. Yes. It had a mm-hmm. few long holes right in a row, but, uh, I was still able to, uh, you know, hit a lot of, I didn't, you know, for the first time in a long time on a PGA tour event, I wasn't having to hit five woods and three woods into, more than a few greens i think i only had one hole where i hit five wood into so mm. uh that that was a good feeling um yeah and you know it was just uh, a fun golf course you had to place it and, you know a couple of fairways were a little severe in the landing areas but um if you negotiated it you know fairly well you weren't it was it was good are the uh, pairings out for the senior open do you know who you're playing with um no not yet i'm expecting them to be out tomorrow they just had uh I guess their final three qualifiers, three or four qualifiers today. Right, um, right. So, or maybe five. There might have been five of them, but they were there was supposed to be four over here and one in the states, and there were right. supposed to be ten spots at each one. And then, like five days before the one in the states, they added another site over here in the UK, okay. and all the spots dropped down to seven. Wow! So instead That's of ten, so. Yeah. Well, listen, Omar, congratulations on, on doing that. You have yourself an amazing week. 
I, I really hope you play well. You know, it's a, it's a long trek to get out there. And I think what Richard said uh, bodes well. You know, it's one shot at a time, like you were saying in, in that Rocky movie. You know, it's like one step, one punch, one move at a yeah. time. Yeah, I'm, a big yeah. Ro- I'm, I'm a big Rocky fan. You know, I, uh, I still watch those. I don't know how many times I've seen all those movies. So they're all oh, so great to watch. And there's some great lines. He's got some great sayings in them, you know, like nothing's going to hit you as hard as life. You know, and it's yeah. not how, how how hard you get hit. It's or it's it's not how you what is it? It's not about getting it's how hard you get hit and still keep moving forward. Right. Right. And that bodes well to golf because we're gonna get punched in the face all day long, no matter what <laughs> level of golfer you're at. Uh you know, the, that is the challenge is there. And you know, they not beating the crap out of ourselves mentally, which is tough. I'm super guilty of it in amateur tournaments where you grew oh, up, yeah. make a double and like, you know, you're done pretty much. Uh, you know, you don't have the horsepower to, to rattle off enough birdies to come back. It's frustrating. So, um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, we, the better we can be mentally and what Richard was saying about detaching ourselves from a result. Uh, yes, I, I think it's something that I'm going to try to. I made some notes here while he was talking, so and try oh, to yeah. get that in my yeah, head. Got to right. You got to assess it properly. Um, do your assessment, see how well you assessed, and then yeah. take uh, how you executed it, and not the you know not the result exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 not thinking golf swing. You know, I've been a coach and instructor now. I'm going on my 24th season, and. And really, you know, uh, who's my best student? You know, it, it's me. It's it's being able to apply all this knowledge and everything that I know about the game to myself. And it's 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 so difficult. I mean, and the best games most people play, and the best games that I've seen or interviews I've I've heard after someone's played a spectacular round is you know they weren't playing golf swing. They're visualizing every shot and executing it. And you'll hear everyone say it. It's one shot at a time. And that's how they played their best golf. Yep. Yeah. Well, and then when I, when I made my nine birdies in a row, that's all I was focused on. There were, especially when I got to five birdies in a row and I all of a sudden thought, I was like, whoa, that ties my personal best. And then I shook my head and said, no, just focus on the next shot. Yeah. One, you know, and, and sure enough, I was able to, to keep it going and yeah. You know, I ended up making a par on what was would have been the tenth one, and um, had it was a long hole, and I hit like one iron on the fringe, and then chipped it up to a foot, and then the next hole I birdied, so I birdied ten of eleven. Yes. Uh, but then the next hole I made a bogey. Um, yeah. But uh, and so that was like it was pretty incredible. I ended up shooting nine under that day with you know ten birdies and a bogey, and ended up ended up winning the tournament on Sunday and the next day. Uh, in a six-hole playoff against Pat Bates, um, who used to play a little bit in the mid-90s. But, uh, you know, we had to go six holes, and he hit it about 40 yards by me back then, and three of the holes we played were par fives. Yeah, You know, so he had a huge wow. advantage in the playoff, but I was able to to hang in there with him before, ironically, I finally beat him on a par five because he hit it in a fairway bunker and had to lay up. And I hit it yeah. in the fairway because I didn't hit it as far as him. I couldn't reach the bunkers and I was able to go for the green and two and hit it on the front part of the green and two putted. But, uh, you know, that's all I tried to focus on. There was just, you know, one shot at a time, just, just focus on the next mm-hmm. shot. Don't think ahead. Don't think b- up behind. 
Yeah, uh, and sometimes uh, not being the longest can be the advantage, right? Uh, yes. You know, being out there in the fairway uh, wears people down. As I said earlier on, on the episode, it, uh, just grind people down. You're always there in play, uh, you know, not making the big numbers, and, and you just got to hang yeah. around with golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bri- Brian's, uh, well, look, Brian Harmon is the perfect example. The guy's five foot seven, 150 nothing pounds. He could, he could uh, be a he- jockey. Right. <laughs> you know, but he shot 13 under, blows the field away by six. He, he destroyed the field. I mean, look at these guys. He's, he's playing against Rory. He's playing against Sepp Straka, Jason Day, John Rom. Those guys bomb the ball pretty far, yeah. right? And, and then they're yeah. just, you know, but you can't have it on. A, he just plotted his way around the golf course, mm-hmm. always positioned himself. He's 14th in accuracy on the PGA Tour. He's sixth in putting. He's first in putting within six feet. And then wow. he made a couple of long ones, right? He made six long putts outside of 25 feet. So that's, there's your six strokes right there. Uh, yeah. But really, you know, uh, par is your friend when you're playing these style of golf courses on that side of the pond. I mean, yeah. a, a lot of it, like infinity greens, you don't know what's beyond the greens. There's these pot bunkers that you automatically have to consider that it's going to be a, uh, a penalty. You got to go mm-hmm. the other way most of the time. You can't go up these walls. Yeah. You know, some yeah. of the players get uh, it out, but they always show the highlights of the guys who actually did it. Most of the guys are, you know, digging, uh, to, <laughs> digging a hole. <laughs> the, the, the ball is yeah, going to ru- run back right into your footprint. Yeah. Cam Young had a pitch over a bunker and he must have been a foot or two shorter where he's landing. Instead of bumping down to the flag, it kicked 45 degrees to the right and then spun all the way back down to the bottom. And he had, uh, you know, even more difficult chip. For, yeah. for his next shot so you know that's but that's what's fun about this type of golf you know the wild greens and undulation and it's 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 different and sure it can uh, rattle you mentally but at the same time it, it, it's a lot of fun uh you know playing the links type of course and it'll be very real rewarding by the end of the week whoever can come out on top or in the top 10 yeah yes. Hoyt lake is one of those places where you gotta if you avoid the internal out of bounds, which is just, hmm. I want to get your opinion on this, Omar, because it drives me bananas. I hate the, the the whole concept of internal out of bounds, but there's 81 or 82 pot bunkers on the golf course. Tiger Woods, when he won it, uh, only hit one bunker in four days. Yeah. Right. I don't, I'd love to see yeah, this. I think this. He, only, he only hit a, a few drivers too. Everything was that stinger right. too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, keeping no, it, keep it in play. You know, don't get yeah. it in that fescue uh, in those bushes where you know. <laughs> well, that gorse, go- yeah, that gorse, yeah, the gorse stuff. Yeah, you can't, you can't do anything. Find it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the internal out of bounds. I'm especially on a straight hole, as straight as that hole was. It looked like I don't. I'm not a big fan of internal out of bounds for that. But if it's a a dog leg left, you know, or a dog leg right to where the longer hitter might have an advantage to to do that then i'm kind of okay with it because that's mm-hmm. not the way the hole was meant to be played when it was built but uh yeah that yeah with that ob that was really tight there on the right side and especially with the wind going that way i'm i don't know about it but you know at the same time you gotta you gotta play everybody has to play it and you have to you know try to everybody has to negotiate it so it's just who played it a little bit smarter and who uh, was able to um, execute a little better. And, you know, Brian was able to do that all week. And 
it's just that was you know, something else to see the first or the second round with him just cruise you know you could tell he was just focused and was on a mission and he just it was mm-hmm. incredible to watch just friday for what i watched and even after he i think he got off to a rough start on friday and was able to get it back which was pretty incredible mm-hmm. yeah you know, i forgot no, to he, mention he last time well. you were on the oh go ahead mike don't no, no, go for it i i wanted to mention before i forget um last time you were on the show we were talking about results and uh, you did play in a Canadian tour event uh, where I believe you won the event is the Barton Creek Challenge. Yes. Where you had two, two Canadians that finished second uh, T2 behind you, one of which was Derek Gillespie and uh-huh. uh, Rob, Rob McMillan, right? So that's pretty cool. That was back in 2005. Uh, and David Hearn. And David Hearn. Yes. Right on. David Hearn was up there too. I played with David and I played with uh, Gillespie the last day. Um, and I think, uh, I think I had a pretty comfortable lead. I had like a four stroke lead. I think going on the last day, I think I ended up winning by five or so, but, uh, right. it got a little close there for a bit. And then I, I kind of finished strong and, uh, but I tell you what, Derek, Derek could golf his ball. And obviously David Hearn, Hearns can too. And he actually, you know, put a lot of good work in because from that moment on, he was, he became a really good stick and, you know, has proved himself out on tour. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you shot a pair of 63s. So uh, it's kind of hard to, uh, <laughs> hard to compete with that. Well, right? I had a I, little yeah. bit of an advantage because I played that course a little bit through college. Um, yeah. And so, and I knew the greens and I knew how undulating the greens were and were kind of where to play them to where you could feed it down to the hole instead of it happened. Cause that was a course kind of like, you know, semi, you know, what not really a links course because it had a lot of up and down and tree lines and stuff, but the greens themselves, you just had to know how to, to work, you know, where to play it to feed it down to the hole. You didn't have to be aggressive to the pin. You just had to be aggressive to a spot to feed it down. Well, Mike, before we wrap these, uh, this up, uh, anything you want to mention, tell, you know, if you're listening to us or you just got in and want to watch this episode or listen to us again on one of our 20 platforms, be sure to listen. We had uh, Richard Zokal on, former PGA player. Also on right now is Omar Oresti, uh, a Champions Tour player, and he's playing over at the Senior Open. I always want to say British, Omar. I'm just so used to saying British Open, but the, the Senior Open. And uh, make sure you follow him and uh, see how he's doing. Mike, take it away. I tend to put my foot in my mouth there too still with the British Open because it as we grew up with that's how it was branded you know for, that's for how, us. yeah that's and, how it was and, branded in the, in the states yeah. to to separate it from the U.S. Open they called it the British exactly open, it's always that's always been the Open yeah and 100 percent even in Canada we were used to that because we're watching American TV uh, so it's so easy just for us to let that slide and uh, you know so we we do try to make sure we call it the Open but uh, this episode, obviously, it's live on YouTube now. Uh, tomorrow, it'll be up on all the podcast platforms. So wherever you get your favorite pod, um, check it out. Please subscribe or like it. Uh, follow our channels wherever you find us. Uh, it's very appreciated. And and Omar, where can we find you? You're on Twitter. Uh... <laughs> yeah, uh, it might be. Gosh, that's a good question. Omar, you're rusty one, I believe. I think number that one. sounds familiar. Yeah. And um, then, uh, yeah, I'm not on there very often, but every, every now and then I'll post some, something on there. But, Excellent. 
Yeah, yeah Omar, I saw, you, I saw you on Facebook, that picture of you on the plane. And I said, man, we got to reach out to the guy. I, got, I, saw, <laughs> I saw that that thing and I'm like, uh, we would see if we could get him on. So thanks for coming on last minute and getting yes, in touch with you. us and, and sharing your stories and, and your experiences. And uh, we look forward to watching you and uh, all the best this week, brother. I know you can thank do you. it. Thank you. Thanks, Ross. Thanks, Omar. Thanks, Mike. And thanks, everybody.